Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. And per usual, we got plenty to dive into on this episode as Miami adds a transfer portal cornerback to the roster this spring. Uh, also welcomes in their last couple uh, true freshman enrollees, early enrollees. And we got plenty to talk about in terms of recruiting with Miami hosting Elite Prospect Day and uh, Gabby and I covering the Battle Miami 7-on-7 tournament that took place in Fort Lauderdale over the weekend. So uh, plenty to talk about. Before we get to that, let's have a few words from our sponsors. Attention business owners, I'm going to say three words you've probably heard of by now. Employee retention credit. If you're a business owner with W-2 employees and you haven't explored this program, you need to schedule a call with our friends at Foreman Law Offices, ASAP. The employee retention credit can put thousands of dollars back into the hands of business owners. However, the rules are complex and have changed many times since the inception of the program. You need to have a qualified law firm with experience in the ERC Evaluate this for your business. You won't owe them a dime until you get paid. All you have to do is go to erclawyers.com and fill out the short questionnaire to schedule a call with their team. Two minutes may be worth thousands of dollars for your business. Get it done today. erclawyers.com. Tell them TTS sent you for Through the Smoke. The Star Horton Group is a real estate company that covers all of Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Born and raised in Miami, Star is committed to growing his clients' wealth and securing their futures. One of the top realtors in the state, Star knows the ins and outs of the market to make sure his clients get the best possible value when they sell or buy. If you're looking to buy or sell or know someone who is, call or text Star directly at 561 561- Five seven three four six six one. And here's the beauty: when you refer someone to Star, he will donate two hundred and fifty dollars to the Miami Hurricanes Athletic Fund in your name upon the closing of the deal. 
So to have a great real estate experience and help our Canes, call or text STAR today at 561-573-4661. All right. Appreciate our sponsors as always. Gabby, let's start here at the top with uh, the newest addition to the Miami Hurricanes football team, and that is Iowa cornerback Terry Roberts. Uh, commits as a veteran guy, class of 2018 recruit. Uh, to me, Gabby, I, I I view this addition as a depth piece. I also view it as a guy that, um, you know, I think he's viewed as a guy that works hard, prepares hard, maybe as a future as a coach if he wants to take that route, uh, kind of a good cornerback room guy. I don't know if his physical traits in terms of size are going to wow anyone, uh, but he does have speed. And I do think he brings a care factor to the room. Uh, so, you know, I think they're throwing numbers at trying to fix the cornerback spot and uh, Terry Roberts helps in that regard. And quite frankly, I think they need bodies for the month of spring football at cornerback. And he helps with that too. Yeah, a big big addition for Miami, Terry Roberts. Um, you know, he he's someone that when he did get opportunities at Iowa, I thought performed well. I mean, played started four games for the Hawkeyes in 2022, got it, you know, earned a 79.9 coverage coverage uh grade. He broke up four passes in seven just 17 targets. So that I mean that that's a that's a pretty good rate. Uh like you mentioned, David, I, I think it's a really good depth piece. Uh, someone that can come in and, you know, potentially compete for a spot. Obviously, Miami lost both starting cornerbacks. Uh, Devontae Brown, the UCF transfer, figures to maybe slot into one of those, um, you know, roles, hopefully, you know, considering he stays healthy and, you know, he continues to perform at a high level. Uh, Terry Roberts, I think, is someone that can walk into the room and, you know, again, compete uh, for playing time and uh, maybe push some of the young guys. And again, just gives them a, a veteran a veteran body into the, you know, just re really into the secondary. I think that's something that that room kind of needs. Yeah, he was a starter for Iowa in 2022. Season cut short due to a lower extremity injury he sustained in practice. Played 202 defensive snaps this past season before he shut things down. Uh, before this season, he was regarded as a special teams demon, particularly on punt coverage units as the gunner. Um, so I'm sure he'll be in the mix for that role as well, which does matter. And yeah, I mean, you look at Miami's cornerback position group right now. Uh, for the spring, I would project the top four as being the veteran guys. Uh, Devontae Brown, the UCF transfer you referenced. Daryl Porter, West Virginia transfer Miami added last year. Played a little bit this year. To Corey Couch, returns as the top nickel. And then Terry Roberts. So that's your top four corners are all veteran guys. Played a lot of football in some form or another. And then you look at the next group uh, that at cornerback that's also there that has talent, uh, but has to take that next step in their development uh, process this spring. That would be Malik Curtis, who is an intriguing guy in terms of speed. Jaden Harris, who I think the coaching staff is excited about because he's a guy that loves football, wants to work hard at it, uh, kind of gets the mental approach side of things in terms of his development. And then Chris Graves, who might have the most upside of the group, but maybe has to still 
clean some things up with this technique, um, you know, and confidence level, just kind of growing as a young player. Uh, but Chris Graves certainly looks the part as a potential starting power five corner. Um, and he does have impressive traits. So, uh, another guy in the mix personally, Gabby, I would, I still think if there's corners out there in the May transfer window, Miami should try and push for it. A guy that could be a starter. Um, we'll see if they do that. I, I would think they will. Um, so I don't think they're necessarily done adding a corner. If there's one that can come in and contribute right away. What's your take on that? I definitely think that they would go add a, you know, again, maybe more of a plug and play guy. Uh, right. if they can, if they can find one, I know the, I know the Ole Miss transfer, the cornerback. Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, Davison. Davison. Yeah. Davis, yeah. He has like a, a weirder last name. Um, I, I know that that's someone that I think that they'd be pretty intrigued by. Uh, Jaheim Singletary, I think, is still technically unclaimed, but I don't think, again, I think he could potentially be a summer addition to whatever program that he ends up choosing just because I think I, I think he's kind of waiting it out, you know, over the course of the spring to see what he's going to do. And then again, yeah, you have that May, that May window, uh, May 1st to May 15th. It's much shorter, a lot more condensed, but, you know, I'm sure it's going to be extremely active. And I mean, David, just kind of looking back, you know, calendar year, that's where Miami maybe made the most impact in their, in their transfer, uh, you know, additions. That's when they got a key Mesador, not necessarily in that window because it didn't really exist, but, you know, kind of that post spring additions, a key Mesador, uh, Daryl Jackson, Mitchell Agude, um, you know, were some of the guys that they were able to bring in during like, you know, that, you know, that later period um, of the transfer, you know, kind of scrum. So uh, I, yeah, I definitely think that they should, uh, that they should probably still go out and look for a guy in that window if they can. And just kind of maybe just touching back on some of the, you know, some of the things that you mentioned just about the cornerback room. I mean, I've, I was talking to Cameron Kitchens at the, you know, Battle Miami and even at the Raw Showcase about, you know, what, what just kind of who he thought was kind of next up in terms of the young guys uh, take, you know, kind of maybe taking that next step to, uh, you, you know, re get ready to, to play on the field. And Chris Graves was quickly the name he pivoted to and said that, you know, with at the, the back half of the year, he really started to come around and was kind of nursing a shoulder injury that I think he got cleaned up. Uh, you know, later on in the, you know, towards the tail end of the season. And he said that, you know, even with that, he kind of started locking dudes up. So if you can come around from with the the mental aspect, it seems like uh, Graves is probably the the cornerback in the room with maybe the highest upside of anyone in the room. That's something that, that people have talked about with Graves. So um, definitely a lot of people around the program excited about him. And uh, again, if he's just got to kind of put it all together. And I, I think that people would, you know, really, really think he could potentially be, you know, a guy that's playing on Sundays one day. This episode is also brought to you by Midway Sports, your one-stop shop for all of your sporting good needs, located just two miles south of the University of Miami. This locally owned small business has everything you would need to gear up for every sport. Their stocked up men's, women's, and kids selections has you and your family covered for all of your outdoor needs. Use promo code SMOKE15 for 15% off your online order at MidwaySports.com. Yeah, and Miami also adds, uh, you know, after these guys participated in the Polynesian Bowl last week, uh, the final two freshman early enrollees from the 2023 recruiting class, Francis Maui Goa, the five-star offensive lineman, and four-star tight end Riley Williams, are now officially enrolled at Miami, so they'll be a go for spring ball. That gives Miami now 15 high school enrollees. Uh, and my big takeaway here, Gabby, with this is just Miami's going to be 
okay numbers wise, at least on paper, because um, you never know who's going to be still dealing with their little cleanup surgeries from the end of the season. But on the line of scrimmage, particularly offensive line of scrimmage, it seems like Miami's going to have numbers now to try and figure out what they want the best five to look like here in 2023 with France Maui Goa and Samson Okanola in these two transfers, Matt Lee from UCF, Javian Cohen, and, and then the other guys they're bringing back to Zion Nelson, Ines Cooper, et cetera, et cetera. My bad. I, I got, I got, I got eaten by the zoom on the, the mute monster. Um, yeah, no, I think, I mean, what they're able to bring in up front in terms of the, uh, you know, with Francis somehow go with Samson, Akinlola, uh, you know, I know that we both know that they're super excited about what both those guys kind of bring getting Francis in the building and Samson in the building early, you know, as January guys. I mean, I think that both guys are going to end up on the field. So, you know, yeah. whether it's early on in their freshman seasons or, you know, I, you know, by mid year, by the tail end of the year, I mean, I fully expect, I think really they fully expect those guys to be a regular part of the rotation. I mean, watching yeah. Francis Mauigoa at that Polynesian bowl and watching him pull and run with those guys. It's not something I've, I've personally seen here in, in some time. And then uh, Samson Lola, uh, I think sky's the limit for him in terms of what he could be as a tackle. And uh, what, what, what did he come in, David, uh, you know, as a freshman, six foot six, 323 pounds. Yeah. Uh, so physically, you know, seems ready to, to kind of rock and roll and then you you stack uh you know eight months or so of, of strength and conditioning uh on top of him i think that uh you know there, there's a really good chance that samson Lola uh can be a, a day one contributor here so spring football really kind of right around the corner right gabby's set to tentatively let's just say tentatively start what march 4th march 4th is the day that they're planning they're also mapping out like a junior day that's supposed to coincide with that uh, so it's, I think they're going to invite a ton of, of recruits, uh, to that first spring practice. I believe it's sat, yeah, Saturday, March 4th. Uh, there's a basketball game at 6 PM that night. It's the, it's Canes, the Canes basketball team's regular season finale. So I think they're trying to make it just like a whole event. And uh, I think it's going to be more of a true junior day. Uh, I think when we kind of talked about this elite prospect day, even this year, we kind of were comparing it to the 2022 version. And I think this March 4th junior day is going to be more reminiscent of that 2022 uh, elite prospect day in terms of just them really, really getting uh, some of their top targets down. That's obviously something that they did last year. Uh, this year was more about the tournament and yeah, they still got some guys, David, and we're going to talk about some of those dudes, but um, this junior day is really the one that they're going to try to get like their, their guys down. So I know that they're super excited about that March 4th, junior day uh, that again, uh, let's see if it stays that that's the first day of spring football, but that's currently the plan. All right, let's take a quick break and we will dive into some of the guys that did visit Miami over the weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like 
the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we are back. And Gabby, I think I want to divide this up into different categories. You know, guys that visited, so recruits that visited Miami that did not participate in the battle seven on seven. So guys that came on their own, essentially, to visit Miami. Uh, then let's discuss some of the big name players that also participated in the seven on seven tournament that were able to swing by UF. We don't have to get into all those, just kind of the, the big timers, right? Cause I mean, literally how many, oh, how was... many of those, it was a thousand. So many. Even... Yeah. It yeah. was, it was a ridiculous number of, of kids that, that came onto campus. And then we can just kind of highlight who maybe picked up an offer from Miami that, uh, you know, came through. But let's start with the guys that visited on their own. And the, the guy I want to start with is a legacy, and that is Tampa Wharton, four-star edge rusher Booker Pickett. Yeah, Booker Pickett, one of the first guys through the door on Saturday morning. Uh, I mean, he was there before 8 a.m., uh, he didn't leave until, I mean, it had to be uh, maybe close to two o'clock. Maybe it was even past two o'clock. So he got a, he had a very healthy, uh, nice long visit uh, to, to, uh, with the University of Miami. He met with Mario Cristobal, had kind of like a, a film session with Jason Taylor and Rod Wright. And, uh, you know, I think those guys are kind of selling him on the developmental aspect. I think Jason Taylor is kind of telling him that, uh, you know, he he was kind of yeah, a similar build similar. coming out of coming out of high school where, you know, I mean, Jason Taylor went to Akron. It wasn't like he was just like super high level recruit. I mean, Booker Pickett, not the, you know, not the most filled in type of guy. I think he's a, a shade over six foot three. Uh, I don't even think he's tipping the scales at 200 pounds yet. I think he came in at 198. But uh, you turn on that junior tape and I mean, he can get after the quarterback and you can only, you know, just kind of projecting what he can be when he kind of gets to that. Uh, ideal weight, David. I know you have a a nice little player comp for him. I'll 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 save that one for you. But uh, you know, I think that those uh, similarities and those things, and then of course you throw in the fact that he was with his dad and his younger brother. Uh, his dad being a Miami alum, I think he played at the at with Miami in the mid nineties. Uh, it, it's it's an exciting opportunity for him. Uh, some of the nation's best coming after him: Ohio State, Georgia. Uh, I think you mentioned Alabama and uh, South Carolina, uh, maybe USC too as programs that are doing a really, really good job recruiting him. So uh, uh, Miami definitely has their work cut out in front of them. Um, but Booker Pickett definitely uh, is, is a name that they are going to actively recruit over the course of the 2024 cycle. Yeah, his tape is reminiscent a little bit of, of Brian Burns from back in the day. Uh, American Heritage, um, pass rusher, went on to Florida State, now playing pretty well at the NFL level. One thing to highlight, too, I think about Booker Pickett is – you know, we talked in the 2023 cycle about how Ruben Bain's production can't be ignored, right? Um, and I think Booker Pickett is in that similar category. So this junior season he just had, he had 30 sacks on the year. 
and his sophomore season, he had 22 sacks on the year. So uh, elite first step, you know, he, he's not filling, he's not filled out yet. That's totally fine. I think the weight will come on eventually. Uh, but the bottom line is you can't ignore that type of production. Fact that he's a Miami legacy definitely is encouraging too, I think. Um, let's discuss next. Let's go with a five-star. And again, I'm going to say this until maybe, I don't know, May. These rankings, I think right now are very fluid. So five stars, four stars, you know, I think it's good in terms of just kind of somewhat identifying. I do think this guy looks like a five star. So I'm not like downplaying this. Um, but I would just say take rankings now with a nugget because or a grain of salt just because, you know, this is all very fluid and evaluation process is still going on as we get more and more eyes on these guys. But Lake Cormorant, Mississippi, uh, five-star defensive-like lineman, Camarion Franklin. Tell us about him. Yeah, David. I mean, all agree with everything that you said there, but uh, definitely has a five-star frame. Uh, came in six foot five and a half, 265 pounds, uh, 81 inch wingspan. That's six foot nine inch wingspan. So plus plus wingspan, 10 inch hands. I mean, kind of checked off a lot of the boxes in terms of, you know, what you kind of want uh, a defensive lineman, you know, potential edge, uh, edge rusher to look like definitely looks filled out. David, I think we saw him at one point of the evening walking with uh, Samson Akinlola and Collins Akiampong. Yeah. Uh, didn't necessarily look like a kid who was a, a high school junior walking around next to those guys. So that's always a good thing. Uh, Miami is going to recruit Kamarian Franklin uh, to the very end. And obviously it, it could be an uphill battle. I think the feeling is that there's going to be, you know, some SEC schools that are obviously that are going to battle it out for him. He's going to go to Tennessee next weekend. Uh, Ole Miss is right down the road from him. I know he he's kind of there a lot. Uh, Miami does have a Mississippi connection on staff, Cody Woodiel, who is who really was escorting him around. Uh, it seems like he's kind of doing maybe not the primary recruiter, quote unquote, but he's definitely maybe a point of contact. Um, and he and them two spent you know majority of the trip together. They walked in together. They walked out together. All those different types of things. And I think the, the plan is to get back at some point in the spring. Not sure if that March fourth date is is necessarily what they got circled. Uh, seems like a potential date. Uh, that big junior day, but uh, I, I know that Kamarian Franklin plans to come back to Miami, and it it was good and encouraging to see him hanging out with some with some former players. And uh, you know, I do think that Miami did a a good job of kind of moving the needle in their direction uh, here on uh, on Saturday with him. Miami always does a good job of recruiting tight ends, and on Saturday they had a big timer visit in from the state of Ohio in four star Tavian Galloway, who is a LSU commitment. What's the latest there? Yeah, Tavian Galloway. I feel like a lot of Miami fans are on social media kind of like him just because he's someone that's kind of he was kind of public about how his interest in Miami early on and how that was a school that he watched with his dad growing up. So he came he came on his own, like watched him get out uh, get out of an Uber, you know, and with a, with a book bag basically uh, to come tour around Miami. And you know, it was important for him to get down because again, it's a program that he has a lot of respect for. Uh, I think he's still kind of going through the process. Yeah, he's committed to LSU, but I think it's good that he's still sort of looking around, just kind of sizing him up. I think, again, checks all those boxes. I think he's listed at, you know, six foot five, like 230. 
around there. Wouldn't push back really on either of those. Uh, kind of has a basketball background, which is good. And I think, uh, you know, this Miami visit, again, I, I think it helped if uh, that's the direction that Miami wants to go at tight end. I think there's a lot of names that are still kind of floating around at the position. I'm not sure if Tavion Galloway is the top name on the board right now. He's definitely maybe in that mix, but I know that they're still going through the evaluation process there. And, uh, you know, definitely uh, one of the, the the main tight end names to know for Miami in this 2024 class. Linebacker, a key position of need as UM looks to stack talent and improve the upside of that room uh, by stacking talent. And on Saturday, they had Nashville Lipscomb Academy uh, four-star linebacker Edwin Spillman. What do we need to know about him? Yeah, pretty looking linebacker, man. Uh, that, that's the way that you kind of want him uh, built. Uh, definitely say I would, I mean, probably six foot one, uh, probably, I don't know, maybe 215, maybe 220 pounds, definitely put together nicely. His coach who was showing him around, they, they, I think he made a stop at Florida state came down to Miami. He actually played uh defensive line at, or he played at Notre Dame when Charlie strong was a defensive line coach there. So there's a connection, uh, you know, in terms of just like the Miami aspect of it, where there's someone in that little circle who does have, you know, those close ties to Charlie Strong. I know that they got to meet. Uh, they really liked them. Uh, Spillman and uh, a teammate of his, Chauncey Good, in a 2025 offensive lineman, also got a chance to sit down with Mark, with Coach Cristobal and um, and speak kind of one-on-one as well. I think just kind of walking and coming out of that visit, I think the buzz around the program was that Spillman was, uh, you know, again, just kind of checked a lot of those boxes in terms of what the program's kind of looking to continue to add at the linebacker position. So um, I, it seems like the two parties have been in, in closer contact uh, once it kind of, you know, the once the reciprocated interest kind of, you know, met up where Spillman was like, hey, I'm going to come check you guys out. So, uh, you know, I, I could see him being someone that the that the staff continues to recruit. Uh, from this point on, again, I think he's going to be at Tennessee next weekend as well. I guess the Vols are having a, a big junior day, and uh, I think Spillman's going to be, you know, one of the headliners over there. And then a couple of defensive backs to talk about. Uh, Jacksonville Mandarin cornerback John Mitchell. Uh, what's what's the latest with him? Yeah, a, a guy that they offered here in January. They quickly turned that into a, a visit again, not playing in that Battle Miami tournament, came down with his family. Uh, another one who had a really long kind of extensive visit uh, with the staff, got to meet with Jamal Dye. Uh, he was with a, a, a another like defensive back analyst, uh, GA or quality control coach, Terry Jefferson. Uh, they spent a lot of time together. Uh, John Mitchell, again, Miami's kind of been doing a good job kind of, you know, staying in contact with him since they offered. And that was a big part of the reason why he came down. He, he's a bigger corner. I think he's listed at six foot, like 170. Uh, I, again, wouldn't really push back on either one of those. Maybe a little sh- a shade taller than just six foot. Uh, but he's definitely, you know, a tall, you know, le- like, you know, a pretty long corner that it seems like that's what this staff kind of values at the position. And I can see him filling out and, and definitely, you know, maturing physically some more over the next, I don't know, 11 months and, and being a good looking prospect down the line. And then IMG Academy safety, Jordan Johnson Rubble, who uh, I don't, I saw him out at the seven on seven. I don't yeah. think he participated, but uh, he was down in Miami, correct? Yeah. So he actually visited on, he visited on Friday. Again, another one that Miami offered, uh, you know, pretty recently uh, out of IMG Academy. So he's very familiar with Francis Malagoa, Jaden Wayne, Antonio Tripp, Riley Williams, all those guys. And obviously recognizes that that's the spot where they decided to play. He said Miami was one of those offers that he was kind of waiting on. Um, you know, he's originally from Texas, but obviously, of course, playing his 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 high school ball in the Sunshine States. And, you know, it's not far from where he's at, where he's at school now. And it seems like the visit, again, 
uh, you know, really kind of helped him get a better, you know, look at the program. They were able to tour the campus, all those different types of things. He was able to meet with uh, Coach Cristobal as well on Friday. So definitely maybe had a more intimate, uh, you know, look with uh, not a ton of kids around or anything like that. But I think that's one that, you know, Miami, Miami wanted to get eyes on him. And uh, I think that was a, uh, I think it was a good visit overall. Got to continue that IMG Academy pipeline. Got to make Miami a cool landing spot to those IMG Academy prospects. Money can be the root of all evil when you don't understand it. A couple of bad decisions shouldn't continue to affect us years later. And the path to recovery shouldn't be as painful as the regret. Everyone at some point needs help with their financial situation. And Pride Financial can lend that helping hand. Pride Financial offers a patient and judgment-free environment and will provide you with the knowledge and power you need to realize your dreams. Once they identify your goals, they will guide you to the finish line, holding your hand every step of the way. Repairing and building credit is only the first step. They'll educate you on a variety of banking and financial institutions, what resources they offer, and how to maximize funding for your financial needs. Gain access to a vast network of realtors and licensed dealers to receive outstanding deals on prime real estate and the newest vehicles to fit your lifestyle. They even offer education and services to assist those more involved on the business side of things. Text 305-393-7698 or email globalchoice underscore consulting at yahoo.com to book a free consultation with Pride Financial. And let's take pride in our finances. Are you a business owner or manager in need of seasonal or temporary staff? Let the folks at LT Pro Enterprises assist. The folks at LT Pro Enterprises can help you find laborers for your business in the state of Florida with an expanding footprint to other states as well. Reach out to Lionel Torres at torreslionel1, the number one, at gmail.com. LT Pro Enterprises your source for all of your staffing and labor needs. Let's now talk about um, the battle players. So the players that participated in the seven on seven tournament uh, that also found the time to swing by Miami at some point. Um, There's really, I got three here that I think are worth highlighting. If there's more you want to highlight, we can do that after these three, but let's start at quarterback. Miami was able to get uh, Alabama quarterback commit Julian Sayan uh, on campus and talk with Mario Cristobal. He, of course, is playing with uh, the Raw 7-on-7 team, which is a Miami-based team. Um, Obviously, again, committed to Alabama, but able to get him on campus. What's the vibes there? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Julian Sayan, again, uh, you know, of course, committed to Alabama, saying all the right things about the Crimson Tide, but did come to campus with a couple of his teammates. I know Mario Cristobal pulled him, a couple of his other teammates into his office where they were able to have maybe a more, you know, intimate situation where they're able to talk like that. Um, I think maybe one of the things that he said stood out about uh, that meeting with Coach Cristobal is the way he complimented the Alabama football program. Uh, He wasn't out there bashing Nick Saban saying, oh, why would you want to live in Tuscaloosa or all these different things about why Miami was better than Alabama. He was, you know, complimenting, you know, everything that goes on there. Of course, Cristobal, 
you know, spent time in Tuscaloosa with the Crimson Tide. And I, I, I'm sure that's, yeah, I'm sure he's, he's thankful and, uh, you know, owes a lot of his probably, you know, success following that stop to Nick Saban and what he was able to learn uh, while, while with that program. So um, Julian Sane said that, said that, 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 you know, kind of, you know, displayed a lot of confidence that he has in Miami that he feels like, you know, that's that this is still the place that he should be, even though, he, you know, the way that he does respect uh, Alabama. And then he kind of just, you know, again, it was a quick tour. They were probably there for an hour or so. Uh, he said the locker room was really nice. You know, again, they were, it was nighttime already, so he didn't get the full campus tour. He just kind of hung around, hung around the, in, the indoor practice facility, uh, got to got to see the locker room, uh, you know, all those all that stuff. So uh, I think getting him back to campus would obviously be a, a big win where it could be more maybe more, a more intimate setting. But uh, I think that's still to be determined if that happens in, in the future. Next, I want to talk about running back. Uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee running back, Boo Carter. Um, what, I guess, how high up on Miami's board do you think he is at running back? And, uh, what are you, what's your sense on his interest? Yeah, I, I definitely think he's one of the top running backs. I don't know if he's the top running back. I know Kevin Riley out of Alabama, uh, might still be the top name on the board. That's a, that's an uphill climb, of course, with a lot of SEC interest coming from him. Uh, but Boo Carter is definitely a, a guy that they, that they want, that they're actively recruiting. Uh, he dropped the top five. Miami wasn't in it. Yeah. I talked to Carter uh, about that. He said that, that, you know, that top five is just kind of the school sh- maybe showing him the most love that his recruitment still a hundred percent open and that he relayed that to the staff that, you know, he was still very much open and, you know, willing to listen to Miami. And I think that that's a good sign. Uh, you know, I think Tennessee is going to be really hard to beat Michigan's in there. Oregon, uh, Colorado is one of the schools in there as well. Um, but I, I do think that Miami is continuing to kind of chop wood. Uh, they, they, re- again, David, we both kind of eyed him up. And I think, uh, you know, if you're projecting as a running back, there's a, there's definitely a lot to like. Uh, I think if you project him as a safety, there's a lot to like. It seems like there's schools that like him on both sides. It seems like Ohio State and Miami kind of like him at running back, while Tennessee, Michigan, Oregon, and Colorado kind of see him as a safety. Uh, again, I think he's talented on both sides of the ball. I mean, I think he's a big-time athlete. So uh, definitely someone Miami is going to continue to recruit. Hopefully they, they, they're able to get him back down. Next guy I want to talk about is Matter Day cornerback Zabian Brown. Plays for South Florida Express, but from the state of California, I think technically, like from a technique standpoint, you're not going to find a high school corner in this class that's, you know, more advanced than him. Uh, he's got good length, six foot one or so. I thought he looked really good out at the raw seven on seven when he was out there competing. Um, how big was it for Miami to get him on campus? I think it was huge. Again, I, this is a guy, David, I think, I, I don't know if you're going to remember, but this, at the Elite Prospect Day in 2022, we actually met Xavier Brown for the first time when oh, he really? rolled in when he rolled in late with that Trillium Boys group. And I know we met, that's when we saw Makai Lemon. And, the, you know, they introduced us a bunch of the Matter Day kids. Xavier Brown was actually was actually a part of that group. So this was actually his second time on campus. Okay. Uh, again, maybe of course this, at this point he's being, you know, you know, really, you know, recruited by Miami. Uh, Jamal Dye offered him recently. And he's one of the ones maybe of all the kids I talked to that were, you know, offered recently or just kind of the out of state kids that went to campus. Uh, I think he's maybe one of the ones that showed the most reciprocated interest. The whole South Florida express team did not go to Miami 
on Saturday. So it's not like he showed up with his team. Like there was a few kids here and there that kind of came, but Xavier Brown made it a point that he wanted to come through. So I think that's pretty telling. And then he told me also that uh, he, he does plan to come back with his parents. Is that for an official visit? Is that maybe for, uh, you know, a spring unofficial to watch these guys practice? I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I think it's good. To, it's good right now at this point to know that Xavier Brown is, uh, you know, considering Miami in a way that he wants to return and, and maybe bring mom and dad with him too. And just kind of talking to him also about like, you know, his, you know, obviously a California kid could easily stay at USC or one of those schools. He said that, you know, he is really, you know, open to, you know, leaving the, the region or leaving, you know, home. So I think that that's always positive too. Mario Cristobal has uh, pulled out a couple big West Coast wins uh, since really, I mean, he's yeah. the, the two cycles that he's been here. I mean, took Cyrus Moss out of Las Vegas, um, you know, obviously got Jaden Wayne, Riley Williams from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so I do think that, uh, you know, this is a recruitment that he could, you know, potentially, you know, continue to have traction. And of course, because he is very familiar uh, with all those programs out there. Anyone else you want to highlight? It was big. Miami got him on campus from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's a ton of different guys that I can that I can throw out there. Uh, one one guy that just kind of stood out to me physically, uh, Dozy Ezukanama. He's a younger brother of uh of my, the Miami Dolphins draft pick Eric and Ezukanama. I'm sure, I'm butchering that. Uh, but I, I mean, he was out there on, on Sunday in a long sleeve Miami Dolphins shirt with a, with a Miami hat. I mean, six foot three, 180 something pounds, uh, again, that big body type of receiver that I think Miami really values. I think he's someone that they, that they actually really, really like. And of course they have the tie to South Florida with uh, his older brother being there. So he's one that, uh, seemed, you know, again, interested in the Miami offer, uh, David, I, I mean, I know people around the program are extremely high on Terrence Moore. Uh, the six foot three, what let's say call him 180, 190 pound receiver out of Tampa Catholic. He might be, uh, you know, the favorite, uh, you know, of the receivers to a lot of the guys, you know, outside of like maybe that elite group. That's like Jeremiah right. Smith, Josiah Trader, all those guys. Uh, I think that, you know, he was a really physically impressive looking guy. And you could see why Miami values that because I, it seems like he's kind of exactly what they're what they're kind of, you know, eyeing what they're hoping to add. Uh, so I really like Terrence Moore, uh, Terrence Moore, uh, Zaquan Patterson is another one. I thought I had a really good weekend. I think Miami's, you know, continuing to do a really, really good job there. Uh, DeMarcus Van Dyke is, you know, was like his little league coach. Um, and that's a relationship that he's had for a long time, but also building one with, uh, with Jamal Dye, uh, also. So, uh, definitely a lot of different names, David, that we can kind of throw out there. Uh, but those yeah. are, those are some of the few that maybe stand out most. Who, who did Miami toss an offer to that? didn't have an offer coming in, but they visited with their seven on seven team and Miami decided to toss them an offer. Give me one or two of those type of guys that you think is worth highlighting. Yeah. I mean, one of the guys that seems really, that seemed really excited about it was Kadavian Dotson. He was playing with trillion boys. He's a, he's a safety out of Duncanville uh, in Texas, which is a powerhouse program out there. And, you know, he had a really, he has a really, you know, I don't know, maybe unique, uh, you know, kind of angle of the Mario Cristobal, uh, you know, experience just because he was kind of a youngster when uh, when they were recruiting Cameron Williams, who was a big offensive lineman uh, from there. I think some Miami fans might remember that name because he took an official visit to Miami a couple cycles ago, ended up committing to Oregon. And he said that he watched away. Those guys were kind of like constantly in the building and recruiting, you know, he called him Big Cam. 
you know, and, and all those, and all those things. And he kind of just remembered how much Cam loved Oregon and, and those guys. And uh, again, they, they went to his school even like earlier last week and kind of seeing them in there, you know, for him and maybe even a couple of his teammates, I think was an eye opening experience. So he said that Miami is one of the schools that he's really considering most. Uh, so I think that that's definitely one that they're excited about. Cool. Let's discuss to um, just our thoughts on some of the top players at the battle Miami tournament. We're not going to be able to touch on everyone. Um, there was, there's probably a hundred plus guys that'll oh end God. up being four or five star players. So it's hard to watch everyone. And if we don't talk about someone, that doesn't mean we don't think they're good. It's just, these are the guys we really want to discuss. So I'll let you start Gabby. You can take this wherever you want to take it, but when you were out there Sunday, because Saturday you were at UM, of course, handling everyone rolling through. But when you were out there Sunday, who caught your eye? Who who do you want to start with here? Yeah, I mean, I, it's probably a layup for me. Um, sure. It's, I mean, to me, it's Jeremiah Smith. And it's just like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I watched Jeremiah Smith. like Five-star receiver at a Shamanad. Yeah, the five-star, the 2024 five-star receiver uh, at a Shamanad and committed to Ohio State. I mean, I remember when he first got offered by Miami as a sophomore, like we were, we were at pace going to watch Shamar Stewart and the pace staff was just constantly harping on Jeremiah Smith and Josiah Trader. They were, you know, incoming sophomores at the time. And, you know, Jeremiah Smith at that point was just like, you know, he was a younger kid, obviously, but he had these massive hands and they're talking about his big feet and how he was going to grow into them. He was maybe six foot, maybe six foot one at the time, but skinny, lanky. Um, all those different types of things and just watching him continue to physically mature and grow into like, you know, his like extremities and all those types of things has been super impressive. And I don't know, I feel like every time I see him, I'm wild, but I mean, there was something different about kind of watching him on Sunday. He just looks like a grown man. Now he just looks like a man amongst boys. Like he was everything. He's been everything that everyone has kind of said he would be uh, and probably more uh, there. I mean, to me, he's just, Really, and I I don't really say this lightly. I, I mean, obviously, I've been doing this a long time. But if there was like someone that could have like reclassified to 2023 and probably like not skipped a beat, like probably not missed or anything and any of that stuff, like I could see Jer like Jeremiah Smith to me is college ready right now. Um, I think he's he kind of checks all the boss boxes physically, uh, the way he runs, uh, his hands, all those different types of things. I feel like he, it's going to translate so well to the college level. And I think Ohio State's uh, getting an incredible talent uh, with him, assuming he follows through with that commitment, which I think people expect him to. Yeah, he's the total package. He's probably I was thinking about it. So I've been doing this since the 08 class. And he's probably the most complete South Florida wide receiver I've seen during my time doing this. Um, you know, I think he's better than Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley, Mark Pope. And uh, yeah, so I, I think sky's the limit for him. And uh He's a, he's a great player. I don't know if he has a like noticeable weakness. They all got stuff they got to improve on, keep working at. Um, but he is kind of the total package at wide receiver. Assuming no injuries happen, I think he's a surefire. First round pick in the NFL draft down the road. Um, I'll take the other layup. His teammate, Jojo Trader. I yep. think, you know, he gets overshadowed because... You know, that's just a function of him playing with uh, Jeremiah 
at Chaminade and with the South Florida Express seven on seven team. They're both together on that team as well. But Jojo is a big time playmaker in his own right. Uh, strong build, you know, six one, six two, thick uh, for this stage of his career. And uh, he can really go get it downfield. I think he welcomes kind of the contested catch opportunity. So he doesn't mind it if DBs are getting physical with him. Um, he can go up and, and, and snatch those one-on-one balls. So I was highly impressed with him. I think he is a wide receiver one in college. So in my opinion, you mentioned Jeremiah Smith committed Ohio state. I don't think that should stop Miami from chasing him. Um, if Miami cannot get him, they have to find a way to get Jojo trader. So you got to get one of those two guys, in my opinion. Um, and I'll say this too. I'll tag in Chance Robinson, who is yeah. uh, also on the Express. He goes to St. Thomas Aquinas, another strong-bodied guy, 6'1", 6'2". Um, the thing I like about these three receivers compared to like last year's crop, last year's crop was also very strong um, locally with wide receiver, right? What I think is different about this year's crop, like those three guys, I think they're kind of more so proven contested catch ball winners where, you know, I feel like uh, to me, Brandon Ennis can do that, but he's more of like a route runner. He's going to beat you that way. Uh, Jalen Brown, speed guy, Hakeem Williams, kind of a speed guy has contested catch potential, yeah. but he's got to figure it out. You know, right. he's still kind of growing as a football player potentials through the roof. These three guys, they do it on Friday nights, like one-on-one opportunities on the outside, they're throwing fades to them and they are going up and getting them. So that's what Miami needs. Honestly, like that's the vision for Miami, right? We're going to run the ball. We're going to make you stack the box and we're going to have receivers on the outside. that can go, make contested catches one-on-one when we need them to. And I think those three guys can do that, uh, especially at the college level. Yeah, no, I mean, I think all three of those guys are, I mean, I think it would be a dream scenario for Miami to, to add all the, I think the, either one of those guys kind of changes the trajectory of the room. Um, get adding a couple of them, I think is borderline a must for Miami, uh, considering the way that the room's kind of shaking out right now and the way that they need to kind of add talent uh, you know, to that, you know, to the wideout room. And uh, obviously it's a, it's a blurry situation right now with just kind of everything kind of going on with Josh Gaddis and him not being around. But I think whenever, uh, you know, Miami figures out who, who exactly it's going to be that's running that room. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, they're going to kind of hit the ground running and, you know, you know, really prioritize. And again, you still have, you know, let's say 10 months or so to, to continue to recruit and do all the things that you need to do. Um, I'm going to throw one name on defense and it's maybe an outside of the box name. Uh, again, okay. maybe, maybe one of the first guys that caught, caught my eye. And it, again, it someone that Miami offered this weekend that maybe at the time I thought was kind of interesting, but after watching him play, I kind of get it. Uh, that's Anias, Anias Walker. He's uh, out of Rancho Cote, I don't know, Cote in California. Really a kid with just Pac-12 offers, Colorado, Oregon State, Washington. Miami offered, he was a part of the KT prep team that's a lot of northern california kids uh one of i mean one of the biggest matchups that we watched early was a kt prep against south florida express and uh you know i thought anias walker did as good of a job as anyone covering jeremiah smith one-on-one uh they kind of gave him an opportunity you know they again one of those fade routes 
uh, to, yeah. to, to, to Jeremiah Smith kind of threw it up for him with the expectation that he kind of comes down with it. Anias Walker kind of went stride for stride with him and broke it up, you know, got his hands on the ball and, you know, in the end zone where basically it was just kind of a 50, 50 ball. Like one of us is going to kind of grab it or, or whatever the situation is. And I thought that a couple of times when he was targeted uh, in coverage of Jeremiah Smith, he, he more than held his own. Uh, so I, I was pretty impressed by him. And again, someone Miami offered and I, I see it, you know, as a corner six foot one, 180 pounds again kind of checks those boxes in terms of the size and uh you know kind of you know stature that mine is looking for you know in in the secondary one guy i liked just sticking with shamanad i guess zaquan zaquan patterson was i guess better than i expected i don't know why i feel that way but he was uh, i don't i don't know what he's gonna be at the college level he so at the seven on seven he was playing receiver and corner um, I think he's probably more of like a safety, maybe even like an in the box safety in college. Um, but the athleticism I think showed, you know, with his ability to make plays as a receiver, did oh, yeah. a pretty good job at corner. So I think there's a lot to work with there. Another guy who I liked, and this isn't, he's not, I don't think he's really on Miami's radar. He's a I think he's a top 100 recruit and, uh, you know, highly regarded and all that. But Ricardo Jones, who I think was on the Trillion Boys team, he's from the state of Georgia, yep. safety. I like the way he just could read things on the back end. He's very impressive to me in coverage, um, the way he could go get balls. I, I, had him, I saw him have a couple picks that were impressive. I think in terms of just like a deep, like free safety, I think he was the best guy out there in that role that I saw over the weekend. You yeah. you wrap it up here. Who you like? Who do I like here? Jalen Hay. I'll go with another trillion boys guy. Jalen yeah. Hayward, the Georgia commit, kind of playing in the slot uh, against someone that is he a safety? Is he a nickel? I mean, I guess that's still to be determined. But he had KJ Bolden right behind him. You just men- mentioned Ricardo Jones on the other side of him. Uh, I think Ricardo Jones probably benefited from having KJ Bolden next to him. Because, yep. I mean, it feels like people were kind of throwing away. They're throwing at him. And, I mean, he was kind of cleaning up back there. So, I think that was a really good – I think that's a really good guy to throw out there. But Jalen Hayward, man, when he's in coverage, I mean, I, he feel, like he, I, mean, I feel like he kind of locks dudes down. And, uh, you know, I think uh, it's easy to see why the Bulldogs value a talent like that just because, uh, you know, I thought Jalen Hayward was awesome. A bunch of other dudes, Zachorian Moore, the 2025 wide receiver at Trillion Boys was awesome. Uh, I mean, we, we can talk about the raw guys, just kind of rapid fire Ellis Robinson – yeah was awesome julian saying the alabama quarterback was really good kj duff kind of a tight end um pass catching tight end maybe like a wide tight end um that was really good uh, a bunch of other guys out there i thought brandon winton was good mazeo mazio bennett uh was good too he's another miami target so um play again there's a million names that we can rattle off here but those are a few maybe that stand out that you know miami fans would be familiar with yeah check out inside the U for more in-depth uh thoughts coverage from the battle miami um and we'll wrap it up there so appreciate everyone listening appreciate our sponsors as always for supporting the podcast until next time take care